Why pay more for a separate CoQ10 supplement? Enjoy twice the benefits with Superbeats Heart Choose Advanced from the number one doctor, pharmacist, and cardiologist recommended beet brand for heart health support. The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced by Human is now infused with CoQ10. That's essentially like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 ingredients support nitric oxide production, healthy blood pressure, healthy CoQ10 levels, and heart-healthy energy with two tasty chews a day. Plus, Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced are plant-based, so you get heart-healthy energy without stimulants. For a limited time, get a free 30-day supply of Super Beats Heart Chews on all bundles and 15% off your first order by going to RadioBeats.com and using promo code DEAL. That's RadioBeats.com, code DEAL. He's going to win the regular season MVP. We're okay. going to the Super Bowl. Oh. We're winning the Super Bowl. Oh, And man. Josh Allen is the Super Bowl MVP. You're now listening to the Wandering Buffalo Podcast with your hosts, Andrew Chang and Justin Goddard. Hello and welcome to the Wandering Buffalo Podcast, again, now part of the Built-In Buffalo Network. My name is Andrew Chang. Alongside me is my co-host, Justin Goddard. Tonight, me and Justin are going to talk about our hot takes for this upcoming season. We'll definitely uh, define what we mean by hot takes later in the episode. Uh, but as always, you can always find us on most social media and podcasting platforms and even on YouTube by searching The Wandering Buffalo Podcast. And you can also find other amazing content by searching The Built-In Buffalo Network. Um, definitely check them out. They got great shows, great content, good stuff we got going on there. Let's break down some Bills-related news. But first, and as always, Justin, how are you doing tonight? I am hot. I don't know if that counts as a state of being. Uh, <laughs> but it seems like every every year around this time, I'm like looking forward to the nice weather, looking forward to it hits 90 a couple days. I'm like, all right, where's fall? Where's right. where's that 70 degrees with the breeze? Football's coming back. But mm-hmm. we're going to enjoy the summer while it's here, I guess. How oh, are you yeah. tonight? I you know, I'm doing good and if you can hear my AC unit cranking in the background, I'm not sorry for that. I need it. <laughs> I am not meant for hot weather. I am I'm meant for snow, I suppose, but uh, I don't want it to come quite yet. <laughs> Couple months. Justin, Justin's got some thick skin over there. He doesn't even have an AC unit. And no, I'm just, not doing it. He's just letting it go. Yeah. You're right. going to see sweat dripping down my face at some point, but that's all right. Right, right. Anyways, let's talk about some Bills-related news. First up, Bills rookie Gregory Rousseau has finally signed his rookie contract. So I guess that just leaves Spencer Brown. And I'm not worried that he's not going to get signed. We we all know that he's going to get signed, but it seems like it's great news that Rousseau is signed. I'm just wondering when Spencer Brown's going to get signed. So we actually kind of talked about this previously when we were – um, looking for the answer as to like what's holding up these the the contract talks. Um, so I was listening to, I believe it was Buffalo on the Brain with uh, Vince Taylor, also mm-hmm. on the uh, Built in Buffalo Network, and so he confirmed what what my thought was is that 
basically each draft selection um, going down the list is a sliding scale. So like the money, the terms of the contract is basically all non-negotiable. Um, it's, it's a set deal. Um, it's just kind of other language in the contract, whether it be um, extra incentives, mm -hmm. just little ticky-tacky things that, that they're hashing out. So, Right. But basically, it's already factored into the cap. They already know what they're going to have to pay him. Mm -hmm. So it's just logistics going on right now. And shout-out to Vince Taylor for giving me that answer because I've been a Bills fan my whole life. And I know yeah. it changed a little bit when they had the new CBA and mm -hmm. switched up like this, but I've never had the answer to that question, and now I do. Yeah, yeah, and if you guys don't know, we were on uh, Buffalo on the Brain uh, about two two weeks ago now, Justin? Or maybe maybe I got it wrong, but either way, Vince had us on the hot seat. Great episode. Definitely check him out and other shows on the Built in Buffalo Network. Moving on. Stefan Diggs restructured his contract. Field Yates reports that the Bills took $11.7 million of his base salary and converted it to a signing bonus. Basically saying, hey, you want that money now? Like, do you want it now? Are you sure, are you, sure you want it now? Sure, why and not? Stefan Diggs was like, yeah, sure, okay. <laughs> Tenders on me. Yeah, basically it created $7.8 million in cap space. So this gives Buffalo roughly about $11 million in available cap space. Does this mean we're going to sign someone anytime soon? I don't think so, personally. Um, and I say that because Bean likes to always keep some money in his back pocket just in case uh, season injuries happen, right? So I think he might, you know, keep it there for those reasons and maybe he'll roll it over to next year what do you think is going to happen so i i've been waffling back and forth on this and like mm -hmm. i intentionally didn't make up my mind to kind of present both sides of my thoughts um so we've heard being to to your point talk a lot about being kept strong um and just knowing what money he has to play with and you know from the from the outside looking in it's like we have this money to use, but Brandon Bre Brandon Bean's not thinking 2021. He's thinking he's he's in 2025, the way he thinks long term. Um, so I could see it as just kind of, you know, looking at what the cap number is next year, and he just adds adds that extra eight million onto the top of it. Um, I also have been kind of going back and forth with the two two kind of hot names linked to Buffalo are Zach Ertz and uh, Steven Nelson to bolster the secondary. So I kind of get to the point where I was out on the Zach Ertz thing, and now the longer it sits out there, the more I feel like hmm. there's not – it seems like there's not really a market for Ertz for what what Philly wants and everything – um, so it seems like Brandon Bean kind of knows that he's holding the cards there. It seems like Ertz isn't going to play for Philly if they don't, you know, get him out of town. So the leverage is really just all in Bean's court if that is something they're they're looking into. So I was initially thinking, you know, maybe we freed up that cap money to get Nelson or Ertz. Now I'm looking at it more as with the wizardry that Brandon Bean pulls off, like maybe it's both. 
Maybe he says, you know, hmm. in the in the trade structure, he talks to Ertz about getting into town, and it's like, hey, we we got to restructure your cap because we can't take on that cap hit. And then you know, Steven Nelson's been sitting out there. We're, I mean, we're into June, and he hasn't he hasn't signed anywhere. So maybe it's maybe it's both. Um, maybe it's neither. But I could see being wheeling and dealing, and maybe not saying one or the other. But let's bring in both. Right. I would love to have both in for a reasonable price. And the fact that these two available, I'll, I'll use the quotations mainly for Zach Ertz, players are out there means that their value is going down by the second. So, I mean, I thought it was very, very laughable that how Roseman was saying that he wanted a third-round pick for Zach Ertz, saying, we know what he's worth. We need to get fair compensation back. You, he was trying to play hardball, and it's just not working. Now, we're recording this on Monday night, so we don't know if anything's going to happen from now until when this episode drops, but if it does, that'll be real interesting. I'd be all down for Steven Nelson or Zach Ertz on the team if the price is right. So, Agreed. Uh, you know who isn't coming to Buffalo, though, Justin? Julio. Julio, yeah, he's going to the Titans instead. Um, I, Come on, I mean, like, we, we knew he wasn't coming here. Like, I, I just don't really have much else to say about it, but that he is going to the Titans, an AFC rival, I guess, if you will, and that team needed wide receiver help because all they have now, or now they have Julio, but outside of that, they had A.J. Brown and who Josh else? Reynolds. Yeah, so, I mean, that team needed Julio. What did they give up for him? Um, so they gave up a second, and then I believe they swapped six-round picks. So, I mean... That, so with the Titans, they had initially come out and said that they wanted a first-round pick for Julio. Of course. I'm, of course. I'm sorry. <laughs> the The Falcons said that they wanted a first-round pick for Julio, and they said that they had an offer on the table for a first-round pick. And then, you know, you see four or five days later, they move him for a second-round pick. Um, so not believing anything they say now. Yeah, it's definitely gonna make that monday night game wait we play them on monday night right yeah yeah it's gonna make that monday night game a lot more interesting so yeah i i believe i had a day in there where i texted you and jake um where i kind of got myself to the it was like a a small window of time where i had myself convinced like maybe it is julio you know, he came out saying that he wanted to go to a team with a strong-arm quarterback that was a contender, yada, yada. And I was like, that sounds like the Bills. But, you know, the more the more I think about it, like, I think that's a great move for Tennessee, who's, like, mm-hmm. was in the AFC Championship game, and, like, it seems like their window was kind of shrinking back down, but they're still kind of a contender. Mm-hmm. But that to me, that seems like an all-in on... 2021 move where they might know they kind of have to shuffle the deck again coming soon um for me the 
the price would just be too steep for yeah you know he's one of the best in the game but we're talking an aging wide receiver huge contract you know and then coming to buffalo with all the mouths there are to feed i just don't think it would have been a fiscally responsible move yeah they're yeah where did i mean where do you imagine if this team did have julio though like i don't even know dable wouldn't Dable would just be like what do i even do here like i just explodes yeah he's he, oh my god he just wouldn't have too many cards up his sleeves yeah but that's we'll that's never know here nor there because it's not happening Till I get this copy of Madden, and then Julio's coming to the Bills. <laughs> right, right. Last thing. The Bills training gap camp sorry, will be held in Orchard Park for a second year in a row. And I understand. But me being in Rochester, for my own selfish reasons, really wish the Bills were coming back to St. John Fisher's. But it seems like this regime, they... They didn't even re-up that contract with St. John Fisher's, if I'm not mistaken. So I think it sounds like they're trying to scale things back towards uh, the 716, which is perfectly fine. I mean, it's only an hour drive up for me if I really wanted to go to training camp, and even if it was open to the public. Well, that's just how I feel. Which, if it's open to the public, you know you and I are going to end up there without a doubt. Um, but yeah, like you said, it it kind of seems like it kind of seems like they were already kind of going away from this, and it's kind of like using the opportunity to be like a little bit of lip service, like yeah, we love it out there, but we're not doing it. And honestly, again, selfishly, yeah, I love it being out in Rochester. It's a fifteen minute drive; I can go right there. Um, but with all the improvements they made to the the facilities and mm-hmm. the rehab center and the workout facilities and everything, like they have everything they need there. I'm sure it's nice to get away for a little bit and do something a little different. Um, but realistically, at the end of the day, like the the facilities out at One Bills Drive are just they're top notch, and it it almost doesn't really make sense to go away anymore. Yeah. You know, if I did go there, I would want to check out that facility so bad. Just to, like, yeah. walk around, maybe get a quick workout in there. Well, you know, I somebody don't think be like, hey, do you want to do that? Like, hey, do you want to meet Jordan Poyler or Poyer, Micah High? Go, like, hold on. I, I just want to check out the, the weight room real quick. Hold on. Like, <laughs> no, of course I'm meeting those guys over hitting the gym at uh, One Bills Drive. But. I hear great things about the facility, and I just want to experience it firsthand. That'd be a, that'd be a really cool thing if they would let fans do that, but I don't think they're going to do that. <laughs> maybe one day. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Anyways, let's get into the episode. We are going to do hot takes, hot takes only. So let's define what we mean by hot takes. So for me, hot takes are going to be something that's out of the norm. So, for example... If you were to told, tell me last year that Josh Allen was going to finish second in the MVP race and break Jim Kelly records, I I would definitely have considered that, would have considered that a hot take. Justin, you and I are going to go back and forth on the hot takes and we'll just kind of talk about each one. Make sense? Yeah. All right. So 
Do you mind if I go first? Go for it. All right. Nobody is putting enough respect on my man's name. Jordan Poyer. Jordan Poyer will go to the Pearl Bowl. He's been snuffed for far too long, and he deserves it. He knows it. We know it. It's about time the whole damn league knows about it. He's he's awesome. And I just don't understand why this the respect isn't there. Talk to me, Justin. Uh, so this is where I'm glad that uh, I went outside of our, our criteria and I prepared a couple extras. Oh, okay. Um, so we, for anybody that doesn't know, we, we upload all our stuff into a shared document. And I had our producer send me the notes separately from Andrew's because I didn't want to see his. I wanted to be able to genuinely react to his. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the ones on my list was actually right up the same alley. I, I had Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde both making the Pro Bowl. But wow. Kind of, Like-minded. Yeah, but kind of with the caveat that it would upset me. Like, hear me out. I want them to get the respect they deserve and all that that goes with it. Mm-hmm. I kind of love every year them adding that chip to their shoulder. Like they're already good enough. And then they're mm-hmm. like, you guys snubbed me again. Fuck out of here. Watch me go take this ball away. You know, that. Right. it just seems like they're the type of players that are motivated more by people saying that they can't than people that are motivated by the accolades so right kind of same idea a little different twist on it i guess yeah you know that reminds me of some of their post-game pressers when they would pull out a victory uh by the defense and they were like oh no 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 remember buffalo's got a bad defense they don't want to talk about us we got a bad defense right right they love that energy right and that's I like them to keep that energy going. Right, right. Let's hear your take. Your first hot take. Um, so for me with the this one is the running back room. Um, so for me, I think Singletary and Moss, I think their skill sets are too similar. Um, and they become a little bit redundant. Um, while they're both very different backs, they're also kind of similar in they're like between the tackle runners and, um, you know, Singletary's got a little bit more wiggle in space. Um, but for me in this offense, I think Zach Moss is kind of more the complimentary piece that they're looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, now, personally, I like Singletary a little bit better. I know Moss had a weird rookie season. Um, but for me, I see during training camps, preseason, all that, I see Matt Breida kind of breaking out into that third down running back, the pass catching Mm -hmm. home run hitter threat that they're looking for in this offense. Mm -hmm. Uh, I see Zach Moss being kind of the punch you in the mouth between the tackles, fall forward for three yards. And I kind of see Singletary as the odd man out. Um, So my hot take is I got, I got Singletary as a trade candidate. Really? Wow, I was not expecting that. That's why I didn't put in the notes for you to read. I don't even know what to say to that. I'm just kind of like left at awe. Who's going to who's going to trade for him? 
running backs go down left and right you know just i i don't know we'd have to see how things shake out i just maybe not even a trade happens but he becomes trade bait okay but i don't know i i i don't think they signed matt Breida to be that tj yeldon inactive on sundays guy i think they i think they have a role for him on the offense Mm-hmm. And then when you look at Taiwan Jones is going to make the roster as a special teamer, you know, you got Antonio Williams in the building. And I just don't, I don't see the path to keeping more than two running backs active on game day. And I think Brita is factoring in as one of them. So, right. Well, my only reservations with that is what happens if there's an injury? And two, Singletary has been put in work in the offseason. I mean, if he were Trey Bate, Brandon Bede would have to send basically that photo to text to all the GMs of him flexing like, we have this guy. Would that make you interested? <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I mean, this isn't something I'm like wishing to happen. I like Singletary as a player. Yeah. Um, it's just kind of. The realm of the hot takes is like, I try to be pretty realistic in my approach to being a Bills fan. I try not to get too high, not too low. And for like the hot takes, I'm just trying to take it a little step extra into like, oh yeah, man, that would be crazy if it happened type thing, you know? Hey, hey, I love the energy so far. Keep it up. Because this is that that was. That was like the Frank's Red Hot of the spicy I have coming up. Oh, man. I I got mild all day then. <laughs> I'm off the reservation, man. All right. Let me let me get into the second one. I predict My Ed notebook. Oliver will get eight or more sacks this year. Now that Star is next to him, I foresee Ed causing a ruckus. Now remember, defensive tackle is a slow developing position. His first year he got five sacks, and I think he's gotten better since then, even if it doesn't show up in the stat columns. Yeah, last year we can come up with an excuse. Star wasn't there. There were people playing out of positions, but I think I think Ed Oliver's ready to take that step. It's his third year, right? He's ready to go. He's ready to go in my book, and... I, I believe in him. So I think Ed Oliver is going to just I wanna say I wanna say he's gonna cause so much ruckus that he might be a Pro Bowl caliber player himself. But we'll see. What do you think about that, huh? I think the only thing that makes that take a mild variety is I think he could I think the number could be more ambitious. I think I think eight is very realistic, actually. Um, Sixteen, then. <laughs> Just I'll go somewhere in between. But no, you know, I, I was gonna say ten, but I was like, "Well, you got five as rookie season." And I was like, "Yeah, let's just tack on three more." So, all right. So, with your idea here, I'd I'd probably put it maybe like twelve. Um, okay. But I'm looking at it as like, you know, last year. We didn't have the most impressive surrounding cast. Um, you know, it was Jerry Hughes and some, you know, fairly average guys in the NFL. You know, serviceable starters, but not impact players. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's a lot that goes into this, but assuming Epinesa takes a little bit of a step, we get the same Jerry Hughes. We have Star eating up space. Um, you get to rotate some depth and keep people fresh. You bring in Boogie. You bring in Russo. I think if we're getting contributions from the other players on the team, I think it's I think it's realistic to say if Ed Oliver starts getting consistent one-on-one battles that he's going to win a good amount of those battles. Um, I could also kind of see it going the other way where we get a lot more sacks as a team, but it's not like, you know, any single person has 20 sacks. It's like, you know, a whole group effort where the linebackers are involved, cornerback blitzes, all Mm -hmm. that. But I, I, I like that. I like eight for Ed Oliver. I think he, I'm going to send him that in a message and be like, we got you at 8, bud. Watch him go get 12. Make it 16. Make it 16, Ed. We believe in you. What? What do you got for me? Where do you want to go next? Do you want to go offensive line or cornerback two? Let's go offensive line. Oh. You you picked the ghost pepper one. Let's go. This one goes off the rails a little bit, but you got to follow me. Okay. Um, So... I have this down, and I'm not sure which of the two. Um, I would really like to see Cody Ford develop, but I really haven't seen enough from him in the NFL yet to fully believe that it's going to happen. Um, So I'm leaning more towards Cody Ford on this one, um, but also possibly John Feliciano. I think they're both good enough players, but I think they're both upgradable pieces. Um, so here I have either one of them is kind of underwhelming or goes down with an injury. And at the same time, Spencer Brown is looking too good in camp to ignore. And in that scenario, I have Daryl Williams kicking inside to one of the guard spots and Spencer Brown getting some run at right tackle this year. Hmm. Go ahead. Interesting. I mean, they brought Daryl Williams in last year to kind of do that guard thing, if I'm not mistaken. And then they shot him out of tackle, and they were like, wow, he's really good out here. Let's let's just keep him there. And, and I'm pretty sure that helped Cody Ford kick inside. I, I don't know how – I don't know what to make of that because, I mean, we just paid – Dare Williams a lot of money to be a right tackle and Spencer Brown from what I understand is a pretty raw prospect that needs some time to develop who played at UNI but he's super athletic like elite level athletic so could I see that happening yeah, I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibilities. Do I think it's going to happen? I'm going to lean more towards the no-ish side. Yeah, me too. But if it does happen, Justin, I'm going to have to give you two belts. I'm going to need another belt if that happens. Yeah, I... Yeah. Yeah, I just... I I look at it as... Um, I think Spencer Brown being out of a small school kind of... Makes him looked at a little bit less, but we have great coaching staff in Buffalo. 
And I think if anybody can get the best out of him, it's our coaching staff. Mm-hmm. And with the physical tools he has, the athleticism, the sheer size, I have faith in the staff to be able to bring him bring him along quickly. And obviously this wouldn't be my ideal game plan, you know. He'd be more looking towards the future. Um, but what from what we've seen from Cody Ford thus far in his career, it's kind of like can he stay healthy and can he really produce now that they've given him a set position and they're not moving him back and forth and whatnot. But this regime has also shown the willingness to, you know, as as you said, um, they gave Daryl Williams a lot of money. Well, they also in draft, uh, invested a high draft pick in Cody Ford, but this regime also hasn't hesitated to, you know, move on from a mistake that doubling down on mistakes is the worst thing you can do in the NFL. They showed it with, you know, they drafted Zay Jones. They moved him out of town. They brought in Kelvin Benjamin, wasn't working, got him out of town. You know, they're, they're willing to take swings and if they miss, they move on. So this is kind of, if we don't see Cody Ford taking the next step, kind of the exit exit strategy. I'm sorry. Okay. All right. I believe you're up now. Yeah, well, that leads me perfectly into my third hot hot take because I am going to predict Cody Ford will become a star. He's going to stay healthy, Justin. I'm confident. I'm confident he's going to stay healthy. He's finally going to play in that guard position so that he can mold into what I believe will be at least an above-average player. He was a preferred starter last year, and it just didn't happen for the aforementioned reasons of injury and not having the right players around him. I anticipate a strong comeback season for Ford, and Brandon Brandon Bean does talk highly of him, and he was a second-round pick. So I think Ford is hungry, and he's got to know that other players are coming into the building, so he's got to work hard. He knows he's got to work hard, so I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna break out this year. See, and that's we end up being very like-minded on a lot of the same things, mm-hmm. um, but you know we also have some disagreements. And the ideal, optimistic side to me with Cody Ford, like when we drafted him, I was so excited for him. He oh, had yeah. that mean streak. He was the mauler. And, you know, we we just haven't really been able to see him consistently, fully healthy and all that. So I really hope that that player can emerge and we can get what I thought we were getting in him. I just think that, you know, it's a make or break year for him and we got to see him stay healthy and we got to see him produce. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of almost went your route of like, this is going to be the year for Cody Ford, but... I I wanted to add a couple more levels to it and right. get a little bit off grid. Well, I appreciate the levels. Let's hear the next one. Next one. All right. We'll give you the secondary on this one. Um, so Dane Jackson ends up taking the uh, – this is two-parter. Dane Jackson ends up taking the starting CB2 spot from Levi Wallace. Um, and in doing so, leads the teams in 
interceptions next year. I could see that. I very well could see that. And I mean, I love Levi. I love, he's got a great story. He's in the NFL, went to his dream college. Everyone passed him, passed, glazed over him, but the Bills were brought him in, and he's a serviceable starter in the NFL. That being said, Dane Jackson was a draft pick of this regime. Levi Wallace wasn't. Dane Jackson came in when injuries happened and performed pretty well. Now, it was a small sample size, so we don't know if that is true to his nature or if that's just his, just, you know, some random good play. But if you're telling me that a seventh round draft pick stopped Nuke Hopkins in the end zone. Bro, that play was so beautiful. Year. Yeah, that was. I was. As soon as the ball got tossed up and I saw it going Dane Jackson's way, touchdown. I was like, well, that's a touchdown. Yep, it's over. And it, it didn't happen. I was Not like, in oh. my house. I was like, oh, okay. Okay, Dane. Yeah, and you you know when he when that ball came out of his hand, he was like, Psh, this is a rookie seventh round pick. This is a touchdown. I'm just going to throw it to Nuke. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I I've heard some, you know, whisperings that Dane Jackson doesn't look all that impressive in practices and whatnot. I I don't know, I don't get to put eyeballs on it every day. Um but I also have some learned something in my football watching career. There's some people that just play under the lights better than they practice. For yeah. whatever reason that, that little extra motivation they get and they just show up and they ball out, so Maybe that's the type of player he is. I kind of look at it as like he's a he's a very similar player to Levi Wallace. Um, Levi's only on the one year deal, so you, you kind of have to know what you have in Dane Jackson before you move mm-hmm. forward. Um, but in the limited sample size we saw from him, like I said, very similar to Levi, where you know they they don't have the eye popping athletic skills. Um, but where Levi was kind of allowing more of, like allowing the catch and he knew he was a sure tackler, Dane Jackson seemed like he was a little bit more eager to jump the ball and try to have his nose in there a little bit more, a little bit, maybe a little bit more reckless, might get fooled on a couple double moves here and there. Um, But that's kind of where I came into the leading the team in interceptions kind of he's he's willing to take risks a little bit more so high risk high reward right i understand all right well we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back welcome back everyone we're gonna wrap up this episode by continuing the hot takes and i'm gonna start off here justin Cole Beasley last year had 82 receptions. I'm going to predict this number goes down. Why? Because Emmanuel Sanders will be in play, and he, much like the rest of the wide receivers in Buffalo, are above average route runners. I think Diggs and Beasley's production last year really benefited 
from having an injured John Brown and a rookie Gabriel Davis. Now I understand Gabriel Davis did show out a little bit, but those two production definitely shot up the board. Now, how much of Cole Beasley's production will go down? I don't know. It's hard to say, but I don't think we'll see as much as we did last year because we'll have three, at least three wide receivers popping off each game. Yeah, this Maybe one, four. This one hurts my heart a little bit. Oh, yeah. Be- Beasley's my guy. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I don't disagree with you there, and I'll add in it kind of um jumps to one of my future ones that we'll get uh, I'll do it next um okay. but I also see uh Dawson Knox being more involved and I don't think in any sort of crazy way um but I think just game plan wise with all the options we have I think it wouldn't be surprising to see it go down 82 is a lot I kind of want Cole Beasley to get the ball in his hands like every other play i just love what he does as a football player i love his grit i love i love everything about him but yeah i mean emmanuel sanders coming in depending on who you talk to you know losing excuse me losing john brown was you know one of the things that a lot of people didn't want to see happen Mm -hmm. and depending on who you talk to emmanuel sanders is an upgrade from john brown and you know if you're if you're tracing john brown out a full season without the injuries inherently that number for beasley and Diggs would have gone down so mm-hmm. you know another mouth to feed but you know what what colby what cole beasley does bring to the table even if it goes down a little bit and say he ends up i don't know call it 70 you you know how impactful those 70 catches are going to be oh, it's yeah. going to be no drops you know Half of them will be third down conversions, and you know he's just going to do his thing. And right, as long as right. he's on the team, I'm happy he's here. I am so happy that the Bills signed him, and I was so on board when they brought him in. I yeah, he was now, he was so grossly hmm. undervalued in Dallas. Yeah, they were just like out route dude, out route all yeah. the time. And he was like, y- "You guys know I'm that dude, right?" Yeah, Colby's he's always open. Yeah, always open. It's like Chris Hogan, if Chris Hogan was just, I, I can't even finish my sentence because I don't want to disrespect Chris Hogan. I also love that dude. But they called him 7-Eleven in the locker room because he was always open. Right, right. What you got for me? Uh, I'll stick on the Dawson Knox train here. Um, okay. So, like I kind of mentioned before, these are kind of like, elevated optimistic points of view so in previous shows you know i i have my reservations about dawson knox this is fully from the standpoint of knowing that dawson knox has all the physical tools to take the next step and assuming he does um so i'm saying full healthy season he goes for something like 600 yards 10 touchdowns and you know he's not that he's not that travis kelsey George Kittle upper crust tight end um but you know right right in that 1B conversation of like you know the normal human beings that aren't Travis Kelsey and George Kittle <laughs> right I love it 
I love Dawson Knox, and I understand why fans have reservations. I have my own reservations with Dawson Knox. I think he he needs more time on task, but the flashes are there. He's super athletic, and again, guys, he was a third round draft pick of this team. Never ta- never caught a touchdown in college. Yeah. Now I understand Brandon Bean also called out the tight end specifically at the postseason game or or I'm sorry, postseason presser. So he wants more out of Dawson Knox, and I think Dawson Knox hearing that has got to be motivated. Also hearing that, you know, Zach Ertz might come in the building and he welcomed that kind of competition too. He's like, you know, whoever comes in, we just wanna win games. But I I know Dawson Knox is working underneath it all. So I, I like that. And I don't know if you caught this episode. Um, Joe Marino did a great episode basically touching on Brandon, Brandon Bean draft strategy of mm-hmm. basically betting on the physical traits and who the person is and you know, maybe taking some diamonds in the rough, and that's why we see a lot of these players emerging in year three. Um, and basically broke down, like, with Josh Allen, how many snaps he took in college uh, versus Baker Mayfield. And then we look at, you know, XYZ, and then touched on Dawson Knox. And in an Ole Miss offense that, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe it had A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, yeah. Uh, and he was the tight end, not featured at all. He played quarterback in high school, never caught a touchdown in college. You know, an offensive line, you have to, or I'm sorry, a tight end, you're both learning how to be a, a receiver in the NFL and also learn how to be an offensive lineman. So, yeah, it's tough. Yeah, I, I understand the, the growing pains there. Um, so, I, I just think that this is the year that he could break out and I'm fully on board with that. Right. I agree. Well, let's be optimistic about it. My fifth hot take, Josh Allen, you know, we were, we had to talk about him. Of course we're going to do this. He's going to get traded. Yeah. No, I'm I kidding. agree. No, he's, yeah, he's not, he's not going to get traded guys, but I think Mitchell Trubisky will be, I think some teams are going to be, a quarterback injury away from calling Brandon Bean up and asking about Trubisky. Because the reason why I like the Trubisky signing in the first place is because he's a reasonable, serviceable starter in the NFL, and I don't think he got a good shakedown in Chicago. He's also only here for a year, so why not get value for him if it's on the table, right? The only backfire to trading away, away Trubisky is that what are we going to do if Josh goes down? Davis Webb? Jake Fromm? Like, the Bills legit probably have one of the strongest quarterback rooms, if not the strongest quarterback rooms in the NFL. So if we trade away Trubisky, we go from, like, one of the top-tier quarterback rooms to, like, middle to like low real quick so the value's got to be there but i think 
there's a quarterback injury away from being getting that call. So this is uh, again where I'm glad I had a couple extras. Um, so I okay. also I also have Mitch Trubisky getting traded. Um, so for me, this has to be the right offer. Um, when when teams have a quarterback go down and they panic a little bit, that's you know, it's the most important position on the field. You know, if you don't have if you don't have serviceable quarterback play, you're not going anywhere. You're just spinning the tires. Um, so I see a quarterback going down somewhere, and then you know Brandon Bean taking into account everything you just said. You know, what are we going to do at backup quarterback? Blah blah blah. But somebody offers like a third or a fourth round pick for him, and you know how Bean loves those third and fourth round picks. Ooh. And Ooh. he he goes to the free agent market and sees who who he might be able to get that might be a a better backup than Jake Fromm or Davis Webb. Um, but I think that's a very realistic situation and, you know, for this exercise, I want to assume looking at the full season that Josh Allen's healthy the whole season anyways. Um, so, you know, if we can get a guy that we signed to a one year, what was it like $3 million deal and flip that contract into even say a fourth round pick, you know. I think wait, I think he got him for like two, two and a half mil. Yeah, a bag of peanuts or something like that. Yeah, yeah. so it was real low. So if you're, I mean, it's also kind of Mitch Trubisky came in to kind of reboot his career, anyways. So it also ends up being, you know, a win-win if something like that happens. You know, if we can get some draft capital out of it, and and I don't know that. Andy Dalton's Andy Dalton's on a team right now, but say you could bring in somebody like him, and and that's your backup going forward. I mean, we did it with Matt Barkley for the last three years, so. Yeah. On a side note, I don't know if Matt Barkley got signed anywhere, so we could always hit up Matt Barkley. Getting the band back together, Matt. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Like, hey, Trubisky, we we just flipped you. Hey, Matt. Uh, it. it it's Brandon here. You, you want to come back? We mostly want <laughs> you to be a coach again. Right. All right, let's see this. How many am I on? Is this four? Uh, this is five. Okay, five. good. Then we'll quickly wrap up with six. Okay. You also have six? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so I got Josh Allen going for 50, 50 touchdowns. Okay. That's not that spicy. He, I believe, combined last year for forty-eight. Mm-hmm. So I got uh, receipt or passing and rushing combined, going over fifty. Uh, he's gonna win two MVPs this year. He's gonna win the regular season MVP. Okay. We're going to the Super Bowl. Oh. We're winning the Super Bowl. Oh and man! And Josh Allen is the Super Bowl MVP. That oh, was like wow. eight takes in one. Let's go! Wow. That is everything I could hope and dream would happen. Even if you and, don't agree with it, you can't disagree with it. <laughs> yeah, I I have to agree with it, and of course I want. I mean that that's that that's what I want to say, and I'm glad you said it because I knew one of us was going to say it. And I was like, oh, is Justin going to say it, or am I going to say it? Hot take Tuesday, Monday edition. <laughs> right, right. So no disagreement with me there. Let's do it. Let's do it up. And as I was writing it down, I was like, 
like I, I'm feeling crazy writing it down, you know? Right. We've been a fan of this team our whole lives and saw all the product they put out there, right? And then right. I started thinking about it, you know. He was number three in MVP voting. Yeah. We were one game away from the Super Bowl. No, he was number two in MVP. Number two. Sorry. Yeah. So, like, he was only two touchdowns off of 50. He was only a couple votes off of MVP. One game away from the Super Bowl. Like, as I'm writing it down, I feel crazy, but it's really not that far off. Right. All right. Let me give you my last take. Jake Kumaro will catch one touchdown and have one reception next year. And that'll be no. I'm just kidding. That that's not my last. That's, that's straight facts, last though. Yeah, that he did it. It could happen again. But my last take actually kind of goes back to one of your previous takes, and it's about the Bills' rushing attack. Last year, the Bills racked up a thousand seven hundred twenty-three yards on the ground, or about one hundred seven point seven yards per game. I think that number is going to increase by fifty percent. Singletary. Again, looking like a beast if he doesn't get traded. Moss has another crack at it, and he's going to be healthy. Plus, we got Breida in the back down. We have some legit speed. Oh, and don't forget, Josh can run it too now. I'll, although, I'd rather see him pass it so he doesn't have to run and potentially take a big hit or do a front flip, potentially landing on his head just like week one because that was crazy. <laughs> but... I think the Bills' rushing attack will definitely get stronger this year. We got a more, you know, this line's got some continuity behind it. And like I said, the preferred five haven't been out there, which kind of contradicts what I just said. But they have this entire training camp to work on it. We know what the worst-case scenario is if the preferred five aren't out there. So I'm, I'm liking what's, what the Bills' rushing attack can do. So I'm going to disagree with you on this again. Okay. Um, it kind of leads into my last one I had, so I'll give you a surprise extra one. Um, so I have Josh Allen leading the team in rushing. Um, okay. I just – not that I don't think our running backs are capable. I just think that they're going to be looking at a 2-3 headed monster. If there's injuries, maybe a fourth guy gets involved. Um and I'm also, you know, praying, hoping for Josh Allen healthy all season. I think what Josh does after the first play breaks down is what makes him so special. Um, whether he runs it, he finds that hot route, his receivers coming back to him, just his ability to improvise. And one of the ones that always sticks with me, he did it a couple times, Um he did it a couple times with Shady, but I'm remembering the one with Chris Ivory where Josh oh, is rolling yeah. out. He's about to like do one of those weird ones where they just don't throw the ball away and they run out of bounds for some reason and take Vikings a sack game, instead right? of an interception. I think it was the Vikings. Yeah. yeah. And he does the cross-body throw, and as soon as I see him throwing across his body, I'm like, no, you're not allowed to do that in the NFL because everybody says you're not allowed to do that in the NFL. And then he hits Chris Ivory, and they like they're like panning to it and nobody's within 15 yards of chris ivory oh my god and he's just running like a 5 2 40 to the end zone <laughs> and he doesn't quite get there but it was just like this off script play and one of the things josh does with that is you know 
he makes he makes the linebackers, the secondary, make decisions on mm-hmm. are you going to keep covering my guy or are you going to come after me? And sometimes that's a three-yard run. Sometimes it's a 15-yard run. Sometimes it's a 25-yard completion. Um, so I, it's nothing against the running backs. I just think that when Josh is able to make those kinds of decisions in the moment, it just can lead to so much success that just – you don't even really think about it, but it adds up. It adds up. All of a sudden, he's got, you know, 89 yards rushing and 400 yards passing. Right. And just a quick add-on to that. After Chris Ivory caught that ball and ran it down to, I don't remember. It was like, with it, it was in the red zone. Calvin Benjamin dropped the third down touchdown pass. Of course he did. So His fingers were greasy from the well. biscuits. The Popeye biscuits. <laughs> Got any more takes for me? Uh, yeah, one more. So, All right, hit me. The Bills realizing that they have not shored up their secondary depth enough are faced with a rash of injuries. I don't want that. They got nobody left to start. And they're like, who can that. we call? So they call up Vontae Davis. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is a joke, right? Yeah, absolutely. Vontae okay. Davis apologizes and makes the Pro Bowl. No, that's all I had for today, but... Oh, my God. I was going to say... I was like, Justin, how could you betray me? Uh, Us. You took my la- listeners. You kind of took my last one, and I had to pivot, so... I had to make something up on the spot. <laughs> I that was, that was very good on the spot. Thank you. You, you really had me going. I was like, no. Yeah, no. This man did not just say Vontae Davis. I might stop being a fan if they ever brought him in the building again. You don't mean that, but... No, I would but question it. I'd have hard. a rough couple days. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, let's hope that a majority of these things on the list happen, mainly the positive ones. And let's hope Vontae Davis never comes back to Buffalo Bills. Ever again. Right? Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode. Next week, we're going to do a way too early 53-man roster prediction. Go ahead and like, comment, subscribe, and review our podcast, as well as the other amazing shows on the Built-In Buffalo Family Network. We got great stuff going on there. Check them out. We check them out and guarantee you it's a great listen all the time. And as always, we're looking for guests on our show, so reach out to us on our social media platforms if you're interested by searching The Wandering Buffalo Podcast. Justin, where can the people find you? Find me on social medias at jgods22. Uh, Still waiting to get somebody in concrete that wants to challenge for the belt. So hit us up if you want to be on the show. All right. All right. And you can always find me on social media by searching 2Changs. That's going to do it for us tonight. Justin, what do you got to say for us? Go Bills. Go Bills. Hey.